Welcome back to another episode of the Big Easy Sportsman Podcast. I'm your host, Rudy. This is our first episode of 2024, and I just want to say that I can't thank you guys enough for all of the love and support and listens that you guys have shown us over the last few months. We literally couldn't do this without you, and actually there would be no point. But I just say that to to let you guys know that we have no plans of slowing down. I mean, this is something that we started just as kind of a, a creative outlet, and it's kind of transformed into something that I've, I've really enjoyed over the past few months, and I think Chase and Colt will agree to that. And uh, I really do think we're helping people. Uh, we recently got some comments and stuff on some of our posts, and people are starting to really resonate with what we're trying to do here. And I just want to let you guys know that we're just going to step on the gas. I mean, we're we're picking up a a few partners with the podcast and we're trying to uh we're trying to expand and this week chase and i we sit back down with cody cahoon and i really think that mississippi may have to revise their bag limits because this dude is just stacking them up so we dive into his hunt in missouri where guess what he punched the tag we also dive into a lottery hunt in mississippi where he punched the tag and here recently he just punched another tag along with a little bit of a surprising ending to the story I'll just let you guys listen to it, but I really think we can learn a lot from Cody, and he's always a good conversation. I really enjoy Cody's point of view on a lot of things, and he really aligns with what we're trying to do here on this podcast. I mean, we're not here to tear anyone down or judge or any of that. This is meant to be a community, and that's what we want to do here. We want to bring people together. We can share our stories. We can share our success and our failures and everything in between. And uh, we dive into a little bit of all of that here in this podcast, and I really think it's a it's a great episode. If you like the first episode with Cody, then you're going to love this one. And as always, I just want to thank you guys for listening, and I really hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the Big Easy Sportsman Podcast. If you live and breathe hunting in the outdoors like I do, this is your show. Here we'll discuss tips and tactics to make us better hunters and better people, forever holding ourselves to a higher standard both in and out of season. Now let's get into this week's episode. We are back for another year, fellas. It's 2024. I don't know how we came to this point. So fast, but it seems like yesterday we were getting ready to do preseason scouting and hang cameras and and do this and that, and here we are, man. It we have what two weeks, three weeks left of season, and it's over. Yep, another year has come and gone quick, and uh, I've yet to kill a buck. So, oh, you, you killed one. <laughs> you lie. <laughs> oh yeah, one little dink. But hey, it was it was my first Christmas deer. I've never killed one on Christmas. I've always wanted to do that, so that was pretty cool. So Ch- Chase is over here talking about not killing any bucks, and we got the man of the hour. This dude, I, how many tags have you filled this year, Cody? All of them. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. I made I I made uh I did what I wanted to, to do this year. I got a buck in Kentucky, a buck in Missouri, and three bucks in uh mississippi so i'm done man i it it's a bittersweet moment though because now i just you know i still got all of january left and heck it's kind of hard to put that flame out yeah all i could do you know once you get on fire and start rolling with it it's like and then it, it comes to an end it's like man what do i do now 
So that is, that's a total understatement to be on fire is an understatement. Yeah. I mean, the last time we talked to you, you had knocked one down in, in Louisiana and Kentucky and you were getting ready to go to Missouri. So I, I guess let's pick up in Missouri. That was a, that was a rut hunt in Missouri, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, uh, I think first week of November, maybe close to second week. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we had a few buddies. We go every year and just hunt some public land up uh, north of Missouri. And, man, we had a good trip. Uh, I killed a nice eight-point, and a couple of my buddies killed some pretty nice bucks. And But, yeah, dude, it was, uh, it was a blast. We had to grind it out. I mean, there was a lot of people up there. Seems like it gets worse every year, but I kind of like that little challenge, man. It makes me kind of hunt a little harder, you know. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm glad you said that. You so you feel like there's more people up there this year than ever? Man, it seems like it. It seems like every since the last 5 years we've been going, it just gets a little worse every year. And same as the place where I hunt back home, you know, the more popular Facebook gets and um people hearing about it, it just starts getting worse every year, but mm. I kind of like it, man. A lot of people get aggravated and you know, they don't like seeing all them people, but man, it just makes me work harder at it, bro. Like I like the challenge. I mean, it does get a little aggravating here and there, but I don't know, man. It's just kind of what keeps my fuel, you know, keeps the fire burning. It's trying to beat everybody else. You know, it's kind of like a little competition. So the only good thing about that though, is seeing a bunch of people and all is the ones that you're going to run into at the places that you are hunting are generally guys who have a pretty good grasp of the hunting world as well. And it's not just somebody just starting now. Now get me wrong. I'm not knocking anybody who's just starting by no means. Right. But making mistakes that someone who's been around it and a lot more educated in and now may not make those mistakes. And that may be either kill the deer or not kill the deer. Yeah. So, what you to be able to get on deer like you do consistently every year, you you call it luck if you want to, but you gotta you gotta know what you're doing. You, that don't just your luck doesn't happen three bucks a year every year. No, it just that don't happen. So, finding places like that and being able to be consistent, and if you do run into people like that, then they they're probably pretty well educated as well, and you can kind of. Still kill deer even with the pressure because they're you're both yep. doing what's right. And I try to talk to everybody I meet at the parking lots and be very friendly with them and try to. I mean, I'll get their numbers, man. Like I got, I done met probably seven or eight people this year, and you I don't even know who they are. I don't know who they are. I just start talking to them and get their phone numbers, and you know, we become kind of friends a little bit, and I and I kind of hear about what they doing, you know, what they seeing, where they going. Um, if you be real nice to them, you know, they'll tell you and I'll tell them where I'm going or what I'm seeing. And man, you start putting all this information together and it starts adding up and you figure stuff out that, you know, if you would never talk to them, you would have never known. And right. I, I'm not saying go out there and try to find out where they hunting and go on top of them, but just hearing about what they seeing, how, you know, the environment they've been seeing them in, if they in the palmettas, if they in the CRP, if they in the swamps, uh, what time they rutting, what time they not. Um, just hearing everybody's view, you kind of piece it all together and not saying you got a hundred percent sure what's going on, but you got a better idea of what to do maybe next year or the rest of the season. 
So, right. Yeah, that seems to be a, a hot topic right now is pressure on public land. Like if you if you listen to any podcast or or watch any YouTube video or whatever, it seems like it's across the board that everyone's seeing more pressure. But man, when I went to Illinois, I mean, we were there October 30th through like the first week of November. And I didn't see a soul. Like there was never a time that I pulled into the parking lot and saw another vehicle. I saw one one truck there for two days on that whole side of that property the whole time we were there. I never seen another person. So yeah, like I said, I just didn't see the amount of pressure, man. And I don't know if it was the the piece I was hunting or whatever, but and it, it could be because uh like the first day I pulled up in the parking lot, there was a uh, the DNR was there, the guys that worked on the property. So I talked to him for a while and he said that the deer numbers were kind of down that they'd had kind of a rough year, not from EHD, but from the amount of deer that people killed the year before, like they killed like 90 something deer off that place, dude. And it's like a thousand acres. Like yeah. it's a lot. Yeah. So that could have been, you know, why they didn't have a whole lot of pressure, but. So what exactly is the DNR? I know the department of natural resources, but do they or can they issue tickets or like what what are they compared to a game warden uh i don't know that's a good question i mean i gotta stay away from all of them yeah well the reason i ask is because one year we were at a place hunting and i was i wasn't far from the road because i was on a bunch of deer sign right up by the road kind of and i was only like I don't know, 350 yards off the road or so. I was I was right there. I, I just couldn't see the road, and uh, <clears throat> I, I got, everything was good where I was at. Like I wasn't in the wrong by anything. And right at dark one day, um, I heard a guy over the loudspeaker, like over a PA on his truck, and it's like such and such DNR. Can you please come out to your vehicle? I was like. What the? I mean, it was like prime time. I was like, "What the heck?" Hmm. Sounds like maybe they ain't talking to me. Well, then it said the guy driving the silver Dodge truck. Can you please come out to your vehicle? I was like, "Dude, that's what the heck." So I got my stuff together and got down and I got out there. And the dude called me out of the woods, literally at like the last thirty minutes of daylight. He called me out of the woods to tell me that. I couldn't park there because my tires was on the grass. Mm. I, I couldn't park on the grass. Yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> I'm like, you, you called me out of here for that? You could have just left a note or something. I mean, what? Yeah. So I, I, that's why I didn't know, like, what, what is exactly their job? I know it's probably to do with stuff like that, the land and all, but I don't know if they can issue tickets or not. Yeah, I don't know. I, like I said, I try not to uh, try to go the other way. I don't think they can, but I'm not sure though. Uh, I mean, the guys that I talk to, they they more like maintain the the public. They do all the planting, all the the cutting and trimming and that sort of thing. I don't think they have anything to do with with that side of it. I mean, I could be wrong, but I'm sure they have a a game warden in their back pocket. I'm yeah, sure. I think they can call them and get them out there, and they just kind of got you stuck. Well, I mean, they did. Was it two years ago? Yeah, two years ago when I killed my my first buck on public, they uh, they know a guy that we know from up there or whatever. So they came out and they were checking my car to make sure I had a windshield sticker. 
I mean, a windshield uh, card. Like you have in Illinois, you have to have a windshield card says the public land, like what you're doing and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you throw it on your dash or whatever when you get ready to go. So they were checking me for that. And then uh, Colton Wicker pulled up and he's like, oh, he just killed a deer way back here. And uh, the guys were like, oh, okay. Like asking him where it was and all this stuff. So later we get the deer out. And uh, he asked me where, he's like, where'd you get this thing? Like they came from the other side and drove in to see where I killed it. Like, that's kind of weird, you know? Mm -hmm. So then. They just got your little spot. No, well, the the guy asked me, he's like, oh, he said, I thought you were in this backfield, off the edge of this backfield in this bottom. He said, you're in the front field. I said, yeah. He said, oh, okay. So they had found a guy that was baiting over there. Somewhere in one of those fields, they had found bait, and they were trying to make sure that I didn't kill this deer off of bait. Like, no, dude, I live in a bait state. I come to Illinois or yeah. Missouri or wherever I'm going to get away from that. Yeah. This podcast is brought to you by American Hunter. 2009 Ronald Reagan Highway, Covington, Louisiana. Stop in and see Ronnie, Jeremy, and Bart. I mean, these guys treat you like family from the second you walk through the door. We've all been to that pro shop where the guy's looking at you from behind the counter, and you can just tell that he's annoyed that you're there. This is not the atmosphere that those guys try to build. They carry everything from bows to guns to crossbows and everything in between. And if he doesn't have it in the store, he can absolutely get it there. So go give those guys a visit. Go check them out. Go shoot the 3D range and tell them that the Big Easy Sportsman sent you. Also brought to you by Old Indian Tricks LLC. Dan's scents are something that we've been using for quite a while now. And I refuse to go into the woods without them. Between the Seymour Deers and the Rookum Juice, I don't think there's an easier way to create a mock scrape. It's literally as simple as cleaning out the area below the licking branch. Two or three shots on the limb three or four shots in the dirt, and that's literally it. So go check them out on Mock Scrape Nation on Facebook and go over to oldindiantricksllc.com and use code BES15 for 15% off. That's BES as in Big Easy Sportsman. And as Dan always says, the best day to start a Mock Scrape is today. Hmm. Yeah, so just a little fun story. So, uh... Besides the pressure, Cody, how did you and the guys you went with, how did y'all use the pressure either to your advantage or or try and work around it? Um, we just went to areas where we thought pressure wouldn't be, and we still found pressure, but we knew we had to get the job done early before it really came because I think we got up there on a uh, Tuesday evening or Wednesday, and uh, – the weather was really nice Thursday and Friday, so we just dove right into a spot that we kind of knew was already good. And uh, usually I like to scout a good bit the first day or two, but the weather was so good. And I had some issues at home. My grandma, uh, she wasn't doing too hot, so I didn't know if I was going to have to come home early. So I really just wanted to jump right into it and try to kill one just in case. Uh, so we went to a little small track that we hunt before and it's always been pretty good and, um, uh, hunted the first day, first morning. Uh, it was really nice. I missed a nice buck, uh, saw a few, several other nice bucks. And I think it was a couple of days later, uh, I wound up killing that same one I missed and my buddy had shot 
130 something inch 12 point like five minutes after i killed mine so we just really <laughs> we really jumped into it quick knowing that the pressure was about to be there over the weekend and throughout the next week uh we just saw an opportunity in a place that wasn't hit real hard yet and just went full swing at it and tried to take care of business before people started coming and well you kind of you kind of talk over the deer you kill and uh a deer was a what'd you say he was 300 and yeah deer was like 300 something pounds now i didn't i didn't weigh him uh i feel dress i feel clean on my deer just because i uh-huh. a lot of places i hunted so far and i don't have time to drag it out but i've i have cleaned and weighed several 260 pound deer in mississippi and this deer was well well over that i mean he was Dude, he, he like wasn't cow, three, if he wasn't 300 plus uh Y'all could have my year's salary because that sucker, I'm telling you right now, I'll put my hand on the Bible and tell you that sucker was 300, 300 plus. Yeah, he was a giant, but he was old, man. I uh, aged him at like, I think it was like six and a half. He was about six and a half. Um, five, five and a half or six and a half. Uh, I remember I got the jawbone and aged him, but yeah, he was a tank, man. He, uh, so the story behind that one, just real quick, because it was kind of cool, man. It was probably one of the coolest hunts I ever had. Um, me and my buddy Jeremy, we was in there not far apart, probably two or 300 yards apart, and we was bow hunting. And uh, he wound up texting me, and he's like, man, I just missed a good buck. And he's like, he's kind of headed your way, so I got ready. And um, about five minutes later, here he come i mean he was coming like he was never bothered he was just i I had grunted and rattled a little bit and i don't know if he might have heard me but he was coming and he gave me a 30 yard shot and i drilled him and he didn't go but 15 yards but what really made it a special hunt was uh jeremy had called me i texted actually i called him i'm like man i just killed that buck and he's all pumped up for me you know and uh, he's like, well, all right, well, I'm going to get down and get my arrow that I missed him with, and I'm going to come uh, meet you, and we'll clean him. I said, all right, take your time. Uh, he called me five minutes later, dude, and he's like, bro, I just killed, I just shot a, a stud. And I'm like, no crap. I was like, what happened? <laughs> he said, bro, I pulled my arrow out the ground that I missed the deer with, had mud still on my muzzy broadhead. He said, I put it on my bow, like put it on his rest and anchored into his uh string and he said i never cleaned it off it was like full of mud and he said i looked up walking when i was walking towards you i looked up and there was 130 something inch 12 point standing there at 20 yards and he drilled him and dude when he told me that i just started yelling bro i was like because <laughs> he wasn't far man i knew they had other people in there with us so i kind of wanted to just give him a little you know we got it done little hoorah so uh, <laughs> yeah, we had talked about that on the the first episode we did with you talking about that healthy competition. And yeah, it's a good feeling, man, man. When you see that parking lot full of trucks and then yeah. you come by packing out a buck, especially a when feeling. you you and your buddy do it five minutes apart, you don't have to worry about him being a little, you know, jealous or butt hurt because he we both killed good bucks in five minutes apart, so we're both just tickled to death, man. And it was it was awesome. Well, do I have the right to be butthurt? Yes. At this point? Yep. Everybody got the right <laughs> to be butthurt. <laughs> I'm a little butthurt. A little, just a little. Yeah, I've but you a, killed 
two or so you bucked out yeah. too so i don't want to hear it just for area four man hey I, i'm gonna go up to up north and i'm gonna try my hand at some public a little bit later this year yeah i'm trying to let these gun seasons get out of here and then uh i'll plan on going up to somewhere concordia tensaw and and uh getting after some public land and hanging some cameras and stuff and try to maybe set myself up for like next year's rut. Yep. You know, if, if I can find some travel locations, mm-hmm. then, you know, I'll be in the chips for next year. But yeah. So you got it done in Missouri. When's it close up there? Uh, I think it's the 31st. I'm pretty sure it's the same. It is the same as us. Yeah. Um. So you got it done in Missouri. Yep. Yeah. It's done in Missouri. And then uh, my next trip was going to be some public land uh, near the house. And it was a draw hunt I got picked for, a muzzleloader draw. Um, always kind of wanted to hunt it, never got really picked for it. Um, so, yeah, I got picked, and me and a few buddies, we had a group of us. We all hunted it, and I wound up killing a really nice eight-point uh, up there. So... That was a great hunt too, man. It was just, um, just a lot of people hunting it, man. There's a, they they pick a crap load of people to hunt this place for the draw hunt, but I hunt this place for the last eight years, and I really know it well. So I knew if they put a gun in my hand in this place, because usually I boat hunt it, and I always told everybody I was like, dude, if they pick me with a gun in my hand, I'm gonna kill a deer. Like there's no doubt about it in my mind. Like I just. I got that much confidence because, I, I mean, it's easy. It's easy to pop one with a rifle at or a muzzleloader at 150 yards, but when you got a bow in your hand, it's hard to pinch them down within 20, 30, 40 yards. But I knew that if I had a gun in my hand, I can, I can make it happen. So uh, I wind up killing a nice, nice buck over there. Mm-hmm. It's weird. You would think for a draw hunt, they wouldn't give out that many tags. Yeah. I, I don't know exactly how many, but it's well over 500, I would think. Really? Yeah. Uh, Good Lord. That's a lot, dude. How, uh, how big is the place that they're giving them out for? I think it's uh, I think it's like 20-something thousand acres, but it's... Uh, yeah, it's a good chunk of it's land. It's a good bit of land, but um, a lot of it's like wide open woods, and <clears throat> I don't know. You could probably cut that in half. To where people really be hunting at, I guess. But yeah, know. so I guess you have five hundred people on ten thousand acres, and of, it might, you know, yeah, and it might be more tickets. Than, yeah, it it just seems like a lot when you pull up to a parking lot and see forty trucks there, and you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I can understand how that's a little little frustrating. Yeah, but uh, it, it's all good, man. We uh, I killed a nice buck, and another buddy of mine killed killed a pretty good one, and. Yeah, we do really good on them draw hunts if we get pig for them. Was that the deer that I? Was that the deer I skull mounted? Yes. Yep. That's the one. Yep. Did you score him, Chase? Mm, I don't think. I think he was probably one twenties, low one twenty. Yeah, he was one twenties. He was eighteen inches wide, I think, or eighteen or nineteen inches wide. He was a good one. Yeah, he's a pretty good deer. Yep. Yeah, I'll take a. Pope and Young any day of the week, man. Well, it's not Pope and Young with a rifle, but right, you yeah. know what I mean. You're right. Yeah. You know that 125 ish yep. and above is is a good deer, man. Especially for us. Yep, definitely. But uh, so, man, what I, time of the year was that? What what uh, dates were you up there? 
think it was the second week of December. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's pretty recent. Yeah, it was second week of December. Um, a lot of people think that they're rutting like that that time of year really hard over there, but, I mean, it's just my personal opinion. I think January is the best time up there, but uh, no, he was cruising. Uh, he was just cruising through it right at daylight, and he kind of come in at 100 yards, and I was trying to see if I wanted to shoot him or not. He wound up turning around and went back the other way he come from, and then five minutes later, he come back with his nose on the ground. He was uh, cold trailing the doe, I guess. But no, I shot him at probably 150 yards, maybe not quite, maybe 120, and he dropped in his tracks, man. I, uh, it was crazy. My first time I ever killed one with a muzzleloader, so it's pretty cool. Yeah, see, like as soon as uh, as soon as uh, Cody's high starts to go down from him killing a big buck, he just runs out there and shoots another one. And- <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna tell you what it is. I'm gonna tell you what it is. My buddies tell me this all the time. They said when when we start killing. You bet. You can bet your chips that Cody's gonna go kill one. Cause I start getting a little anxious and nervous. Cause my buddies will kill one, and they're like, they start talking that trash, and uh, yeah. I'm like, all right, I'm about to go kill one. Like I'm about to get serious. And that's when I really hunt my best is when I feel like something's on the line when it's really not. But uh, when the pressure's on. that deer. Uh, so that was the second week of December. You yeah. think they were well in the pre-rut? during that time frame yeah 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 definitely yeah so what do, you, what do you think somewhere around christmas would be peak breeding or yeah somewhere there? probably christmas <clears throat> all the way i mean even right now man it just kind of like fluctuates i think and i could be wrong people will probably say oh you you ain't right but i've been hunting there long enough where i, I kind of see it where it just kind of comes up and then comes down and comes right back up you know they all don't come in at one time and those um, that buck I killed a few days ago, he was chasing or pushing two does. Actually, he was pushing a yearling. I think he was trying to get that yearling to uh, breed because she might have been coming in. Yeah, a lot of people don't don't think that, and they really don't want to believe it. But, I mean, we've seen it in Illinois too, man, because where we're at, southern Illinois. So that is, you know, you go up to like northern Missouri, you're going to be a week or two, like seven to ten days behind that. Yeah. So, like, if they're – you know, if they're really rutting hard, like that third of November, then when it gets down to Southern Illinois down there, you're around that like ninth, 10th is when they're really, really rutting hard. Yeah. So we've gone October 30th, which is the earliest we've ever been. And that's what my brother killed that 171 inch deer on was, uh, was on a scrape. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've gone that first week of, of november so like the sixth we've got there and it seems like the sixth through like the 15th or so that's when it's really rocking up there yeah but we've also gone in uh thanksgiving we've gone up there in thanksgiving and there were still bucks coming and checking food sources they didn't come to eat right they walked to those fields and they'd look around and kind of survey things they were still hitting scrapes yeah they were still vocalizing they were still doing all of that and it's right. a couple weeks after peak breeding so it is a uh, i mean you the high high and the low lows are a little bit further in between than what people think. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it is kind of, it does kind of fluctuate up and down just from what I've seen, you know, not that I'm an expert by any means, but you know, there is a lot of, and I think it, it's weather dependent too, to an extent. Yeah. Yeah. But that's just something that we've seen, you know, going out of state. So, I mean, we've had success. I mean, really 
you have 30 days, 45 days Mm -hmm. to hunt some form of the rut, either, you know, early pre-rut, peak breeding, and then getting into that post-rut time phase phase where, you know, they're starting to hit scrapes again. And then it seems like it peaks again for whatever does that came in estrus that weren't bred. Yep, definitely. Yep. I think the main brunt of the rut is petering out here at the house. Yeah. See, I said the same thing, dude. We're in lockdown right now. I'm almost 100% positive that we're in lockdown where we are here in Louisiana. Because, dude, we hadn't had a picture in five days. Mm-hmm. Like, not a doe, not a buck. I mean, zero pictures. Like, when whenever that happens, oh, what would you say, Cody? I said the weather has been pretty good, too. You should have some movement. Yeah. Yeah. See, I think ours, I think we were locked down last week. Or so I, I think we're coming to an end right here by my house. And then, I mean, we'll probably catch a few more, the ones that come in late here in the next week or two. But uh, I think we're, we're just about done. That deer in my, that deer that the guy killed yesterday um, in my lease, he, right in his inner thighs, he was bald. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Yeah, he was he was um, he was completely bald, I, and I guess that was from breeding so much. I don't know. Yeah, that's the only thing I can think. When he jumped that buck, though, he was by himself, wasn't he, in that thicket? I don't know. That's the only one he's seen. Uh, yeah, he may have been laid up with a doe or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I know. But down here, man, we we have our. Our buck to doe ratio is off so bad <laughs> everywhere here in Louisiana. Yeah. Dude, they've killed a hundred bucks where we hunt and I mean they've killed maybe ten does. So hmm. I mean it's like Yeah, that. y'all y'all we talked about that the other day. Y'all are way off. Like they're mature deer, Cody. Some of their deer are weigh eighty pounds because there's so many. Like they're way off. Like they gotta they gotta kill some does in that place. Yeah. Dude, I just killed a hundred and eighty pound eight point ninety inches. Mm-hmm. Now you tell me if that's a mature deer or not. How big? 180 pound deer in in South Louisiana, and he was about 90 inches. Yeah, he may. I say that he may be a hundred. Yeah, a good little rag buck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but how many other deer have y'all killed in the 70 and 80 pound range? Uh, that's it's kind of rare, man. A lot of times. Because what Colt was saying, Colt was saying there are so many deer out there that are mature deer that won't break a hundred pounds. I mean, yeah, that is true. There, there are some two year olds in there that's about hundred pounds, hundred and ten pounds. I mean, they're you know we're not talking about spikes that's eighty pounds. We're talking about rack bucks, so that at least two years old, that's around hundred pounds. Yeah, that does happen quite a bit. Yeah, I think it's too many deer, not enough feed. Oh, that's absolutely, absolutely. I mean, because for a place in South Louisiana, like y'all do, y'all can sit and see 13 does a hunt and not see a buck. That's a problem. Dude, you can go all season and not see a buck. This is the most bucks that's ever been killed in that place that I have knowledge of. I mean, just in dog season alone, I think it's been 16 with like just our immediate group. I mean, I've killed two. Colts killed two. Uh, Dad just killed one Saturday. That's five right there between me, my brother, and my dad. So, you, you know, not counting some of the other people in the group, but uh, dad just get – he did get him a doe today too, Chase. So, Yeah. That sucker went and killed a, a buck yesterday. 
and then killed a doe today. Heck yeah. Yeah, he's happy, man. I'm happy for him too. They they only allow y'all they they're on that weekend is doe days in that place that they're at or whatever. Yeah. So I don't agree with that either, but I mean I don't know. That's what I was telling Chase uh a couple of days ago, Cody, that the place we hunt, they just started allowing them to kill does like four years ago. Yeah. So I I wouldn't I wouldn't know where to start. I mean, five to one, maybe does to bucks. Yeah. Probably higher than that. Seven, eight. Yeah. I never had to deal with that, man. Like, that's why I like hunting at public. Cause I ain't got nobody telling me. I just go by the state regulations. You ain't got no, I don't know. Like they start changing rules. And you don't really like them. And I don't know. So I never really got in a club or nothing, bro. Cause I don't know. You find yourself getting in some arguments with people about what needs to be done or what not needs to be done. Yeah, they do. Everyone up. I don't care. Even the little lease that that I got, it's literally my uncle, my cousins, and that's it. It's it's strictly. I mean, unless you get in a place with, unless you get in a place with a few buddies, in my view, that y'all pretty much got. Yeah, but man, I'm I'm gonna tell you though. I thought the same thing even with just family and. I'm not saying that it's not a good idea or a bad idea because, I mean, it's, of course, hunting with your buddy or something is way better. But um, if something does arise and come up for an argument or whatever, it's kind of hard, like, with me being over the thing, the president of it, how do I – how do I try to how – do, how do you pick sides then? You don't want to stir bad blood with either one. So it, it kind of puts you in yep. a hard place, but yeah, definitely. So that brought you to the second week of December. So you just went back to Mississippi and just yep. got another one on the ground. Yep. Um, <clears throat> so after my draw hunt, I went back to work. I had a little turnaround, a couple small turnarounds I was on, and I just told myself this year i was going to take my vacation in january because last year i found that uh january is the time i needed to be up there a lot of people are going home for work after the new year was ended and uh the rut was still full throttle and i was seeing a lot of bigger bucks last year in january so i decided to use a couple weeks in january so uh so yeah last week i was off i'm actually off this week too um I went back up there with my buddy Jeremy. He called me and he's like, man, I'm going to Delta. I said, well, I'll be up there too. And he was going to be up there the same week as me. So he just stayed with me. And me and him hunt pretty good together. So we just told each other, we was like, look, we're just going to start bouncing around the whole week, you know, breaking down little pieces at a time of, <clears throat> you know, I'll, I'll tell him a spot that I think's good. And the next day he'll be like, all right, well, let's go check this out, you know, until we find something that's working. So that's pretty much what we did. Um, he wound up killing them. Actually, he wound up the first morning, he saw six or seven shooter bucks and he calls me and he's like, Hey man, they in here. You need to come in here. So I took off and went in there with him. Um, wound up not getting one. And then the next morning I told him, I said, well, let's go check out this area that I've scouted. I said, we could really pick it out pretty good between me and you. And uh, he wound up killing a, a shooter buck in there. And then the next day, 
I uh, I went to another area that I scouted before and had a couple of buddies that hunted in there also. So I kind of gave them a call and asked them if they was going to be in that area. And they told me no. So I was like, all right, well, I'm, that's where I'm headed. So I went in there uh, one evening and um, he, man, I uh, I got in there. There's, there's a bunch of palmettas and uh, there's like a little pond in the middle of them. But I didn't really know exactly where I needed to get. Because it's just the same. It's, in Palm Meadows, it all looks the same. You know, it's hard to kind of transition them where where you need to be at on your first hunt. So I just got in a spot where I could see really good. That way, because I had a, I got another week of hunting, right? So if I if I could figure them out, I can, I got time to move for another hunt and kill one. So I just got in a tree where I could see really good through there, and I had a buck come chasing two does, and they was at seventy yards. And I've never shot a deer at 70 with that crossbow I got, but I've shot a target at 80 and I was pretty, you know, hitting paper plates with it. So I said, man, I, I think I can hit this deer is wide open. So I stopped him at 70 and I let her fly and it, it found its mark. And uh, <clears throat> I got down and called a few people. I was like, man, I just smoked this sucker at 70. And uh, I've found blood on as soon as i right at impact there was a crap load of blood i mean it was had bubbles in it and you could see it for 40 yards so i automatically thought and i do this all the time man i get so excited when i think i made a good shot that i just go straight to track and like within 50 oh yeah because i just can't wait to get my mm -hmm. hands on him so uh i started trailing him man i thought he was dead and i never saw him fall but i just the way the blood looked the way the shot looked I mean, I tucked it right in the shoulder. Like, I thought it was heart and uh, maybe some lungs. So, yeah, I trailed him for 100 yards. And I know this sounds so stupid of me, but I found where he bedded at. And I stopped. And I don't remember jumping him, but I found where he bedded. And the blood kept going from there. And like an idiot, I just I kept freaking <laughs> pushing him. Like, I kept trailing him because I saw all that blood, man. Like, it was like you... And he was kind of like making circles, like you could tell where he was stumbling around, like hitting trees and stuff. And I'm like, this dude ain't got, he ain't got a chance. Like he's going to die. So I just started slipping real slow and I'd be darned if I didn't jump him again. And I saw him this time and he looked hurt, but he, he got up and ran. So I was sick to my stomach. I uh, got back to the camp and told my buddies, I was like, man, I just, I pushed, I jumped him twice. Uh, he's hurt. I said, but I'm going to try to get a dog. <clears throat> so I caught a few people with dogs that I knew, and it just so happens they was out of town or couldn't make it. And uh, I got on that website, uh, Mississippi Blood Trailing Network. Um, had a few guys reach out to me, but I didn't want to go trailing that night. They wanted to go that night, and I really didn't want to because I didn't know. I was second-guessing myself. I jumped them twice. Uh, I really wanted to give them till the morning. It was going to be like 20-something degrees that night, so I didn't feel like it was gonna hurt so uh i couldn't get anybody to come with me in the morning so i just went back in there in the morning and uh me and my buddy jeremy started trailing him and we lost blood and started grid searching and he hollered at me about 50 yards from where we lost blood and he's like man i think i found you deer but i'm not positive and i'm like what do you mean and he's like come look at it i go over there and sure enough, it's the deer I killed. 
but man, if I could show you a picture with this deer, the hogs had ate him up so bad, there was nothing left. I'm talking, I'm telling you, not a piece of. You couldn't even make a hamburger out of the meat they left. And I, I heard of hogs doing that, but I didn't believe they would eat them up that bad. But bro, I mean, it looked like the deer had been there for weeks. But it was the deer I killed. I even pulled my knife out and cut his head. That they didn't eat his head. I cut his cheeks and stuff, and he was fresh, you know, fresh meat bleeding. And it it was the same deer I killed. I mean, he he died within 40 yards of last blood. And um, man, I was just it was sick, man. I was sick to my stomach just because I couldn't, you know, I lost all the meat. And I mean, I was excited. Yeah. But I, man, it's just something about losing all that. You know, feeling like you wasted right. the deer. It's just but, uh, not the same. You it know? ain't the same, bro. But if I would have known, man, them hogs would have ate them up like that, I would have went in there that night. But I didn't want to push them anymore. So it's kind of like, damn if you do, damn if you don't. And I heard the people telling me, they was like, man, them hogs will eat that deer up. And I was like, I ain't never seen that before. But I tell you what, they will. They will devour them. For the record, the ones who know that I do have a blood dog, I did offer to leave that night and meet Cody that morning. Yeah, yeah, Chase. So, yeah, just yeah, he did. I didn't want you to have to come way that far, man. I really thought that I could find him by myself, uh, but I just kind of was hoping somebody was be would be up there close that was already tracking, and they can come with me in the morning without having to bother anybody. But uh, no, it all worked out, man. We found him and. He was a a fine. Do you think that you said yeah, the deer died forty yards from last blood? You, you don't think them hogs may have drug him from there or something? Or? So, so yeah, so the deer died forty yards from last blood, but you could see where the hogs had picked him up from and drug him another forty. Like they drug him all over the place, but you can pretty much track where he died from where they where he died to where they actually yeah had him. I mean, like you could because they ate bones and all too you didn't could, they yeah oh, dude they they still had some bones left but there was not a piece of meat anywhere other than the head like they even dug up in the neck and got i'm talking about you would think there would be a piece of flesh or something but there was nothing at all it was it yeah, was crazy. chase had called me the day uh he said well he said cody did it again i said what do you mean <laughs> He said he just shot a giant deer up there. I was like, man. He said, but he said he followed him for a little bit, and he thinks he jumped him or whatever. So me and Chase had kind of talked back and forth about it, and he he told me that he had offered to go, you know, bring Chase offered to bring his dog up there. Yeah. But uh, he was waiting to hear back from you. Yeah. And then me and Chase talked about it like another time or two that day, and uh, I was like, well, you know, we definitely got to have him on now. Yeah. And then Chase texted me, or he called me the next morning. And he said, well, Cody found his deer. I said, oh, yeah? He said, uh, you got to see this picture. So he sent me the picture. I, I kind of looked at it for a minute. I'm like, first of all, it's a good, awesome deer. Yeah. I was looking at the head, and then I got to look, and I'm like, he must have caped him out because, <laughs> you know, it was just yeah. – I seen the skin hanging, you know, neck skin hanging behind it, and I started looking. I'm like, why the hell he leave the front <laughs> legs on with the leg bones in? So I'm looking at this thing and I couldn't figure it out. And then uh, Chase is like, "The hogs ate him." Yeah. I was like, "Dude, what do you mean the hogs ate him?" He said, "Well, he said when whenever your buddy walked up on him, he said he knew it was hogs because he spooked them off the carcass whenever yeah. he walked up." Yeah, my buddy is like, "Dude, the hogs and 
he was like, dude, I've never heard of it before, but I've never actually seen it. And it's crazy, bro. They, they will devour one. Well, I mean, that's why, you know, if, if I can, if legal, I carry a pistol even during bow season. Yeah. Because we've had hogs chase us back up our stand ladders. I mean, we, you know, we're, you're sitting in the stand after dark and hogs are just circling under you and stuff. It, it gets a little hairy. Yeah. I mean, they kill people. <clears throat> it wasn't that long ago that the, a bunch of hogs snatched this. This old lady was walking to her car mm-hmm. and our, a sounder of hogs snatched this lady and had almost eaten her completely by the yeah. time they found her. Yeah, if you want to get rid of somebody, it's crazy. I'm off in the woods with some hogs. They'll they'll take care of them. <laughs> now we, now yeah, you know what Cody are... does for people who tells the secrets. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In the woods with the hogs, they ain't, they ain't nothing nope. to play with. So when a buddy gives up one of your spots, uh, that's what you do. You bring him out there to public time to a stump. <laughs> yep, that's the plan. <laughs> <laughs> but no, man. Uh, shoot, man. Uh. I don't know. Everybody thinks I got like these certain spots. They're like, man, where are you hunting? Like, what's send me to a spot. And I'm like, dude, I really don't have a spot because it changes every time I go, man. Like every time I kill a deer, it's pretty much a new spot for me. Um, it might be a, a same area, but it's always a new spot. Like you just, it's hard to explain to somebody how I do it. Um, well, the, the <laughs> principles, the the principles stay the same you know like what you're looking for the whatever scenario that you're looking for like if it's during the rut you're gonna be looking for a thicket right right. has rubs and scrapes on the side of it and you're gonna get downwind of that hoping that one comes cruising and checking or whatever you know that doesn't really change that 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 skill set doesn't really change no matter where the spot is no so but as a hunter it may take you 10 years to get get that bag of tricks that you can say, Oh, okay. I see how they're using this spot. Yeah. And being able to recognize that is something that you, that you can't really teach. You know, I mean, the first thing I always do is look at the wind, you know, find out where the wind's coming from. And then I go on the map and I find an area that's good for that wind. And then from there, I just, I go in there and slip and try to find the best spot I need to be in. And I don't know, man, it's just when it hits you, it hits you. It's not like, I can't tell people what to look for because I don't know how to tell them. It's just when you know, you know, and that's just kind of how it works for so me. Is that uh, something so when when you? Oh, I'm sorry, Chase. So is that something that when you hunt that place up there, because like like you just said, you 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 move a lot. Um, and me and Rudy, we've done an episode before on this about how uh, about being like going to that same spot, like kind of like you did in Missouri. You knew. You knew the area. You knew there were good deer. Probably there's a good deer in there, and you went in there and, and was able to capitalize. Is that something that you do right. in this area that you're talking about hunting now? Is it like do you do you find a certain spot and be consistent to that, or do you move around a whole bunch? Um, it just it's all it all varies. I mean, uh, I have spots that I know works pretty good every year. But I'll go hunt it two or three times, and then I'll get a just a little feeling in my back of my head, like, man, you need to go somewhere else, you know. Like, even if I'm seeing deer, I I had shot a buck and missed them a few days before I killed that buck, and anybody else would have kept hunting in there because I was seeing mm-hmm. deer, but I just wasn't seeing what I wanted to see. I don't know, like I wasn't seeing the big deer. I wasn't seeing 
a whole lot of chasing. I saw some does without bucks with them. So I'm like, man. And then I would go scout somewhere else and jump up a buck with a doe or see bucks chasing. I'm like, well, they doing their thing. I'm just not in the right spot where a hot doe's at. Right. So, yeah, I mean, it, if you go, to, if I'm going to a spot and I feel like I really can kill one in there, I'll stick it out and wait until I kill one. But I don't know. I, I always have more success when I just randomly go to just bounce around, man. Like you got to grind, bro. Like you just got to keep going and going and you can't give up, man. You just got to keep bouncing around and walking and finding new stuff. And sooner or later it's going to work. I'm telling you, just, it's just a matter of time. So you seeing that with the does, Cody, like you said, you, this one particular spot, you seen does with no bucks, right? And yep. you go to another spot with a different doe group and you see bucks everywhere. Yeah. Yep. So I was I was just reading a study the other day uh, that the uh, estrus cycle is passed down for like a doe family group. Like those mm-hmm. genetics are passed down. So like the, the mother doe, the whatever the day she comes in heat, she supposedly, from what they what they understand, is that she passes that down to her fawn, and her fawn, when she has a baby, she passes that down. So that cycle is passed down genetically like that. Yeah. So I think there is some truth to what you're saying. Like when you go to this one doe group, because I've seen the same thing in Illinois. Like I would go to this one doe group, you wouldn't really see a lot going on. They were just moving around, yep. you know, as usual. But then you do you go to another doe group. And it seems like it's on fire. I mean, there's bucks everywhere, and it seems like almost every doe in that doe group is in heat at the yep. same time. And I'm assuming it's, you know, a mother and a, a yearling and a fawn, you know? Yep. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I like to try to, uh, instead of waiting on the does to come in, even if I'm seeing them, I like to be where the deer's at. Like, I want to be where the action's at, you know? And you got to find that. And until you find it, you just got to keep bouncing around. I mean, I could have sat there and waited for some of them does I was seeing to come in, and it probably would have caught on fire. But I don't want to wait. I don't know how long it's going to be. I, I know it's happening somewhere. I just got to find out where it's happening. At, you know. So when you look at a map, like you, uh, this past trip, you said you look in a map and you're trying to find, you know, whatever it is you're looking for. Are you looking at some of the layers and trying to see if you can see uh, like an isolated thicket? Like, oh, here's a, a giant thicket right here, and it's open woods around it. Is that something that you're looking at from a map to say, okay, this spot may be pretty good? Yep. Um, yeah, I turn on uh, just satellite imaging. And I, sometimes I, I use Onyx a lot, but sometimes I go find it like Google Earth or something just to narrow it. I mean, you can see a little bit better on certain things. And you just try try to find some kind of transition, something something where them deer would be transitioning through between two different areas. And, um, like, there's a lot of palmettas where I've been hunting at this year. And, like I said, everything looks the same. But sometimes you could find, like, a little pond. And I say pond. I'm not talking about, like, a four-foot, eight-foot deep pond. I'm talking about a little swamp pond, something that holds water, mm-hmm. you know. And just something like that, a transition or a slough, you know, uh, that runs through there that's really hard to see on the map. Really, it's hard. You can't see it until you get to get down there and look. But honestly, man, I'm trying to find places that are hard to get to because that's where I have a lot of success also. 
Um, I don't know. I just so that buck you just killed. How far in were you for that one? Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, I was a good ways. Uh, man, where? How far was that sucker? Oh yeah, he was a good ways. Yeah, because I was. That's why <laughs> I didn't want to get a dog. Uh, I was scared to get a dog. I was scared about who was going to come because it was a it was a two and a half mile or three mile e bike ride, and if you don't have an e bike, you you had to, you had to walk it. So uh, I didn't want to have to get a do with a dog to have to walk three and a half miles uh, just to come track a deer, you know. So yeah, it was a uh, it was. It was about a mile and a half on a four-wheeler, and then if you didn't have an electric bike, it was another probably two-and-a-half mile walk. So the e-bike, you, you were riding, there was some form of access trail, or were you yeah, just it's pedaling old, through the woods? it's an old logging road that you can walk, and um, you can use an e-bike on it. But, um, yeah, I took my e-bike about two, three miles in there and then walked another quarter mile. But uh, most people get to that area by boat, but... I don't think anybody was coming in there. Hmm. Yeah, it was, it was a good deer, man. It it does suck that, of all things, to the some of the stuff we deal with in Louisiana is crazy, man. Yeah. And now hogs are eating our deer, so I mean, yep. I, I don't, I, I, I don't know. It's a different world we live in. And it's probably a good thing I didn't get a dog because them hogs probably would have tore that sucker up. I mean, I've seen that before, where I had a dog come track. A deer for me and the hogs just cut them up to pieces and they had to hurry up and get them out there to a vet so i don't want that for anybody yeah, that's not good but uh so that puts you uh you were tagged out in the mississippi yeah yeah man i hate to say it but i'm tagged out yep i guess i'm gonna just start scouting i got i'm going back up tomorrow i got a guy that i work with coming up there with me uh, i've been telling him he can come hunt so He's going to stay with me. I'm going to kind of guide him a little bit and help him out, show him some areas to go to. And in the meantime, I'm going to go scout my own, on my own and just try to figure some stuff out while I'm there since I got extra time. So you don't run cameras or anything up there, huh? No. Nope. Nope. I, uh, I do like running cameras in Missouri, like, but... No, I don't run. I don't run cameras over there where I hunt at. So I got. Did this past time you went to Missouri? Did you did you uh, leave cameras up there? Yeah, yeah, we had a few cameras up there. We had some nice bucks on camera. Yeah, but we we had got it done pretty early, so <clears throat> we just pulled them. But yeah, I mean, it was like a three day trip or something. It was a yeah. day of driving. You killed two bucks, and then you a, a yeah. day of driving back. I mean, y'all were home. A three-day weekend, y'all could have went up there and got it done and came back. Yep. Yeah. We That's was, pretty good odds, though. Yeah, we had a good time, man. It was fun. I like it like that. I don't like being the last, down the last minute. Yeah, you know? that's where I'm at. I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I came close on public this year, man. Drew back a few different times and couldn't get that buck to stop. And that was really, really the only opportunity I had to, to punch a tag on a deer that I wanted to shoot, you know? Yeah. I had a couple smaller deer, but it just wasn't what I was looking for. So it, it kind of, you know, and then this year around home, I had a pretty good season. I got one with a, one with my bow and just killed one with a rifle, mm -hmm. but it just, 
it's just not the same, dude. I don't care what anybody says. It's just not the same. No. Nope. You pulling the trigger on that rifle is is nothing close yep. to shooting one with a bow, whether it's a crossbow or a trad bow or compound bow. It's just something about the flight of that arrow and watching it hit. It, you just you can't get it anywhere else. Yep, you're right. It's like a drug. I mean, that's why I can't. It kind of hurts that I'm tagged out because I don't know what to do anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I got a few ideas. Yeah, yeah. Dude. Might help your brothers out here over at uh, Big Easy Sportsman. <laughs> do a little seminar, or you know, uh, yeah. a teaching train, or or just let us walk around behind you. We'll be real quiet, you know. <laughs> I think I might go get me a camera next year. I think I might start trying to do some self filming. I know you do it, Rudy, but I know it's a, I know it's going to aggravate the crap out of me. And I'm I'm a cut. I just keep I'm telling tell you every year. I'm a if you it. want the video, just get your little partner with you. That self filming sucks. Yeah, it's uh, hard, dude. Yeah, my buddy Dakota does it. It's just it's just so much more crap you got to pack. Yeah, I know, but it would be so cool to just go back and relive that moment, you know, I don't know. Like you said, yeah, it's a drug, man, and I just want to I just want to relive it again, and I I don't all I got is memories in my head. If I had it on video, that would be so much cooler. It is super super cool. I will say that to actually have success and kill one on video, yeah, is man, that's almost like you say, it almost puts you right back there because you saw it with your own eyes. Right. And then you watch an old film, it puts you right back. You start getting the same feelings. And I was like, oh, yeah. I remember when he was turning this way and I was drew back and I was waiting yeah. for him to turn and stuff like that, that you just kind of lose, lose yeah. over time and right. in memory. But like Chase said, though, it adds a bunch of weight. So, and I, dude, I'll be totally honest. This year I had every intention on filming everything I did in Illinois like I was, because uh, we had just started the podcast. I wanted to do like a maybe like a little series, like a little maybe multi episode thing. Uh, had all these plans for it, and then when I got there, you know, I I was seeing deer, and I was you know getting some footage, and it was everything was working fine. But in the back of my mind, for whatever freaking reason. I just felt like I was hunting for somebody else. Yeah. Like I really did. I, right. and I guess maybe it was pressure that I put on myself because yeah. of the podcast and, right, right. you know, trying to get stuff on footage and yeah. like just full disclosure, you know, yeah. I, I felt like I wasn't, I felt like I was hunting for somebody else, man. And it was, it was a weird feeling. It's something yeah. Yeah, I, I never felt before. I don't want it to get, that's what I'm nervous about is getting it. Is it getting to be like where it's more of a, a job trying to get it done on camera than it is just enjoying mm -hmm. the moment. And you video enough, I, I, it's, it's going to turn right into now. that if you try to video enough. Yeah, yeah, it it absolutely will. Yeah, it is cool but, though, and you can use know, it for a tool though. If you're like that deer, you was uncertain exactly where you hit the deer. If you'd have had a video camera, right? Yeah, you would have. That's that's another. Thing. Yeah, I wish I'd have had that on video. I could have. Cause I knew I, it was seventy yards, man. It was still a good little ways. I couldn't exactly tell where I hit him, but I thought I knew a good area. It would have been better to know, like, see it again, zoom it in, and then kind of say, "Okay, well, maybe I do need to back right. out before I go." Look well, see, that's kind of going back to that deer my dad killed in Texas. If we wouldn't have had that deer on camera, 
and he didn't lay down in front of us like he did, we we would have waited overnight and risked hogs or coyotes eating him too because at the first initial yeah. shot site and all, there was some gut matter. Well, 150, mm-hmm. 200 yards into the trail, there was chunks along and the deer was dead as a hammer another 100 yards there. Yeah. But when you get there and you see that yeah. gut matter and stuff, you're like, oh, this ain't good. And so you your first thought is to, to back out. But yeah. we had it on video. Now, it wasn't self-filmed. I was filming for him, so it's a lot easier. All he has to worry about is just killing him. I got to rest. Yeah. And um, if you, we were able to slow it down and see that, no, you, you double-longed him. He's dead. So it's, it's definitely a good yeah. tool to have, but – it it puts a twist on things for sure though when you're self filming, right? Yeah, yeah. It's I forget who said it, but uh, they say you have to shoot the deer twice. So you're trying to shoot the deer with the camera, and then you're, you're trying to shoot it with a rifle or bow or crossbow, whatever you're using. So yeah, yeah, oh, dude, it's super tough. Yeah, it it, it re- it's really really hard. And me, I feel like yeah. I feel like if I screwed up on some big deer or something, trying to worry about a freaking camera, I, I'd probably throw that camera in that slough. Yeah, I know that's what's going to happen. <laughs> it, it will cost you deer, Cody. If oh, you start to doing, it will cost you deer at some point. It may not. It may be ten years down the road, but at some point, it will cost you deer. Yeah, I tried to throw a deer with my phone once, and. I had that crossbow propped up on my knee and I'm trying to hold my phone up with my hand. <clears throat> and when I shot, the cams hit me right on top of my hand right here and it Oof. cut a vein. Now, it was a very small cut, but it cut the vein and there was blood just shooting up in the air <laughs> like, I don't know. And I'm not good with that kind of stuff, so I'm freaking out, man. I'm in a lock-on at the time and I ain't gonna lie, I didn't have a safety harness on and I'm just about to pass out up there so i finally get down and i call my wife because she's at the camp and she's kind of a nurse and i'm like hey look i just cut myself really bad i don't know how bad it is because there's blood everywhere i couldn't see it and i said i'm wrapping it up and i'm coming back to the camp but if if i don't make it back so and so knows where i'm at so y'all just come get me so she's freaking out yeah. you know i'm freaking out Get back to the camp. Everybody's <laughs> waiting on me. They're like thinking I'm about to die. I washed my hand off in the sink. She's washing me off, and come to find out, it was a cut like a a quarter inch, like an eighth of an inch <laughs> cut. But it just had, <laughs> it had just cut that vein enough to just bleed like crazy. And everybody me the rest of the weekend. I'm like, dude, I really thought it was. You bad. hit that. Like, you hit that bad. artery. And that's what every time your heart pumps, it was. Oh man, it was freaking me out. Like I almost passed out walking to the truck. But, yeah, yeah, it could have been a lot worse, Chase. You know, you know, Dwayne, Dwayne Mitchell cut his off. Dwayne cut one of yeah, cut his finger off. He killed the crossbow. Deer. He was yeah, in Missouri. Man. He shot that deer at eight point. What is it? His thumb or his index finger? No, Chase? it was Do one of these. It was either his. Oh. it's his pinky. That's what it. Yeah, I think it was his pinky or something. But yeah, he uh, the deer come in and. He was shooting a raven, and he when he grabbed the thing, he grabbed above that rail, just in a hurry, shooting the deer because he was chasing the doe, and didn't realize that yeah. he shot it about halfway on his finger. It 
Yeah, like he he picked his finger up. He he brought the Oof. cut it smooth off. Man, I don't even want to think about yeah. that. And the worst that's ever happened to me was that my shoulder come out of socket at one time, and that was a bad experience. But my finger yeah, coming that's off. Not, that was, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's not good either. Having your shoulder come out mid draw. That's no, a little. Man, that was very sketchy. Yep. Yeah. And then the hospital I went to, they didn't have anesthesiologist, so they had to do it without putting me to sleep. And I'm gonna tell you now, man, it took every doctor in there just to get that back in the socket, and I was screaming words that nobody wants to hear. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, that sucks. Yep. So we're we're into 2024 now, Cody. What is is there anything you want to change about what you've been doing? I mean, obviously, I don't know why on earth you would change because uh, uh, you've yeah. just been stacking them up. But I mean, is there something that you feel like you could do better, whether it be uh, gear related? Actually, let's talk about that for a minute. So, uh, why don't you tell everybody what crossbow you're shooting, what arrow, what broadhead? All right, yeah, uh, I shoot a Raven R9. It's the older model. They they don't make them anymore, but they do make the R10s. All they did was change the safety mechanism on them. Uh, but I picked that bow up for like 900 bucks five or six years ago, and I love it. Um, I shoot that crossbow. I got the regular Raven bolts with it. I don't use like light at knocks or anything. I just don't spend the money on all that. Um, I shoot Swacker broadheads, the Levi Morgans, the blue mm -hmm. ones, the two inch cut. Uh, dude, I, I've had so much success with that. Like I don't change people using their broadheads to go into these because they just see the results. And I mean, that's another controversy with broadheads and what you should, you, you know, I don't get in the, the Levi Morgan Swackers. That's a bad cat and it works for me. So I never changed it up. Uh, yeah. Not, I mean, not trying to persuade you to change at all, but just my standpoint, where I'm at in, in my archery, I guess, career, if you want to call it that, uh, a rear deploy is, mm -hmm. is that's where it's at. A rear yeah. deploy, I've had, I don't want to say trouble with some of the over-the-top stuff. And what I mean by over-the-top is when it goes in, it opens back over itself. Right, right. But one thing I will say is that Schwacker, that Levi Morgan Schwacker, I think it's the blue one. It's the blue one. And, yep. like and it curved, has the curved yeah. blades. So the curved blades is huge. Mm -hmm. The curved blades is what really helps it. Yeah. That's one of the that is one of the better over the top mechanicals the for sure. Is I that that blue Schwacker. The only thing I don't like about it is if you don't have a pass through, that entry hole is not uh -huh. big. Yep. The exit is like crazy big, right. but the entrance don't have. I've had it before where I didn't have a pass through. Like I shot them quarter two, and it would get lodged in the hind quarter. You're not gonna find much blood at all because the entrance hole is like I don't know a half right. inch, <clears throat> but but it will tear him up. Like he's gonna die. You just gotta put a dog on him. Yeah. Or but, well, that's uh, like the. So we had I, talked about that on uh on one of the other. I don't remember which episode it was. But we dove through broadheads pretty deep, and uh, we got chasing them to switch. And me and my brother, we've been shooting, you know, me and Colt's been shooting that G5 Mega Meat. Yep. And it's a it's a rear deploy, but the blades are exposed. So if something were to happen, it's still an something inch and cut. three sixteenths, I think, yeah. or inch and an eighth yeah. cut. But just like you said, if you don't get a pass through with that over the top mechanical, 
So I'd killed a buck two years ago with a Grim Reaper, and it's a three blade over the top. Mm-hmm. And the entrance hole was, I mean, barely the size of the broadhead. Right. Like the, the size mm-hmm. of the ferrule. But the exit hole was huge. So when we switched to that mega meat, I, the buck I killed this year, uh, it was a quarter to way shot, and I shot him like mid ribs somewhere in there, mm-hmm. and it lodged in that front side shoulder. And dude, that blood trail was insane. Yeah, there was blood straight sprayed on trees. I mean, I filmed the whole blood trail. It took me, I don't know, like eleven minutes to walk and find that deer. Like mm-hmm. I'm just walking, looking at the blood trail, just be bobbing through the woods. And yep. that was a just the entrance hole. There was no exit. And my brother was the same way. He shot a pig with that mega meat. Heart shot this thing buried in the offside shoulder. Yeah. Pig went maybe 60 yards. Just walked right to it, oh, spraying blood. And pigs are notorious they're, for not bleeding. They're tough. Right. You're right. I, I've been a, I have been yeah. a rage man through and through. And I will still at any moment – at any given day, put a rage hypodermic on my bow and 100% confidence. Now, that's a big controversy with rage, too, but if you do it right and you set them right, they will absolutely destroy a deer. But that G5, that mega meat that we had swapped over and tried, that deer that my dad shot in Texas, that's I've never seen anything like it from a bow. It, I mean, it did more damage, I think than a high-powered rifle does. Like, it is. Yeah. That deer had, like, a piece of its lung and, like, a quarter of one of the lobes of his lung laying on the oh, ground. Oh, had a that couple deer pieces of lung throughout that trail. Yeah, it's crazy. They're tough. Yeah, my buddy Jerry yeah, still uses the old muzzy broadheads. Like, I mean, that's, that's how, a good broadhead, man. There, good, there's yeah, nothing wrong with that. So, I don't, I don't get into it much, dude. I, I'll shoot whatever. I think they all kill them. I use swackers, uh, hypodermics. Uh, I picked up a pack of G5s this year. I had them in my hand, and I put them back. I almost bought them suckers because I know they're good. Which ones? I don't know. The uh, Mega Meat, the the crossbow ones. Yeah, they just look nasty, dude. It's like, they just look like they're going. It is insane. And I think everything we've shot, some of the blades were yeah. bent, but they're designed to bend. Like right. the way that they're made, that last like half inch of the the length of the blade mm-hmm. is super thin, but they're made right. to bend. So when you pass through something, those little ears bend over, and it keeps on trucking. You know, yeah. it doesn't well, slow it, it down. It's not a it's not an iron wheel. It's a mechanical broadhead. You're not no. You're looking no. for a big hole, massive blood trails. You're not looking for durability and reuse. It's there's two different lines of broadheads. Well, you say that, but we bought some uh, replaceable blades for him. So Colt shot that eight-point opening day, changed the blades, and sharpened the ferrule, shot the pig with the same broadhead right after that, changed the blades, sharpened the ferrule, and that one went back in his quiver. So he killed a buck and a pig with the same ferrule. Yeah, but I'm saying like – one shot usage, you're not shooting. You're not shooting. Oh, again. Yeah, you're gonna yeah, have yeah. to replace the blades. Unlike a no. single bevel or some kind of other yep. uh, fixed mm. blade that you can just resharpen and just keep shooting that same one over and over and over. Yeah. But like I say, man, where we're at, you know, you get that that only the entrance hole having a giant cut like that is. I mean, it means the yep. world, really. Yep. 
You have to try them one day. Yeah, I'm gonna try to pick them up again this year. Probably I might just shoot them. one with it. And just I mean, just see. Yeah, I said because yeah, yeah I, man, I highly recommend them, dude. I don't know if I'll shoot a, another broadhead. I really don't. Yeah. I mean, it's just hard for me to go from something that's been working. Uh, I, I think like that's myself, how I was. I got that feather phantom, and my a good friend of mine started making them buzzer yeah. roost battles and he's like man look i'll give you one if you give me your tether and i'm like dude i want to but dude i mean my tether works fine like it's been i'm not going to change something that's been right for me um uh, confident i'm not going to switch something up that i'm confident right. with so and see even kind of- even when i swap to these g5s the other three or two or three arrows in my quiver are loaded with hyperdermics yeah yeah that's important too man that a lot of people i don't think people should overlook that you know confidence is whether you're shooting a bow or a crossbow or Mm -hmm. what saddle you're using what sticks you're using having your system having it dialed in i don't i don't think you can put a price on that you know if if it's working for you and you have confidence in it then don't change it right yep i mean there's probably better things out there that i could be using but I got a good system and it's been working for me really well. So why change it? Buck on the wall is a buck on the wall. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm kind of, I'm a little bit different in that, you know, I'm, I'm constantly trying to find ways to make things work a little bit better or, you know, change yeah. this around. Maybe like this I works can better. See that works like better. shooting, like doing different things to help you improve your shooting capabilities. But far as equipment wise and all, you will never you will never find what's best because there's always gonna be something else, something else, something else, something else. And when it comes to that stuff, like I kinda look at it as like my rifles. I don't swap bullets every year because that's why I want to try something different new. I found a bullet that does what I want to, it gets good groups, it gets good mushroom, it doesn't fly apart. That's the bullets that I shoot out of that gun every single year because I know that's what it's gonna do. Instead of buying Winchesters this year, then shooting Hornady, and then and then back to Federal, and I don't. So I kind of look at it that way uh, when it comes to broadhead and stuff I mean, like you, wise. You're not wrong, but at the same time, how many different brands of bullets did you find to shoot through that gun to find which one shot best? Ah, uh, well, really not that. Like you really had to. Not that many, yeah, but you shot when multiple. When we first started, like. Growing up, it was always the most popular one, the Remington Corlock. And that's yeah. what we've shot and killed. Oh, my God, there's hundreds of deer that we, that my little family has killed to those deer, to those bullets. Um, but then, like, you would always notice either sighting in or whatever. You'd always have one or two of them that would just oddly fly off for some reason. So, um, And then we started discovering that – if they did run, it wasn't much blood or the bullet was de- uh, destroyed and all. Because, like, on the box it says deadliest mushroom in the woods. I disagree with that because what people don't realize or know that a Remington Corlock is a hollow bullet. It is not a, sol- a solid core bullet. So when it hits that little copper outside part, it just fragments. And the main little bit will be together. And that's what they're calling the mushroom with the rest of that. 150 grain bullet or whatever you're shooting 
it's slung out all over the place and it explodes. And a lot of times we weren't getting pass throughs with high power rifles at 80 yards. So then I swapped to the Hornady. I've only shot three. I've shot Hornady, Remington, and the Winchester. And uh, either one, the Hornady or the Winchester, is really good. I just went with Winchester because they was a little bit cheaper and they shot just as good. So that's the only reason I went with them. Mm-hmm. But like I said, it, but it's to each his own. I mean, if if a guy wants to shoot a, if he wants to put five different broadheads in his quiver and go hunting every day, then hey, that's cool. It's hey, a killer gonna kill against bro. it. Yeah, <laughs> it don't matter if you put it. Yeah, if, if, if you gonna kill him, you gonna kill him. Whether you got a, a, a bayonet or you got a freaking bazooka. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, it's just different strokes for different folks too, man. Cause we have guys that we hunted with, I mean, during dog season, and they brought rifles out that they hadn't shot mm-hmm. in 10 years and checked. And he's like, man, I think I, he's like, I think last year I was shooting 180 grains, and now this year I'm shooting 165 grain and never went and recited <laughs> it in. He's just out there just <laughs> slinging at stuff. So, I mean, it, it you know, it's to each their own, but I – I don't want to say I'm looking for the best. I'm looking for forgiveness. Because mm-hmm. like some of those, like a, a rifle bullet, you shoot close range with certain bullets, it will not open. It just zips through, and it's a little bitty pencil hole, and that deer run for miles. You must be shooting a seven man. And then some, <laughs> yeah, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yep, Colt did it uh, a couple mm-hmm. years ago. Just It just zipped right through him like 30 yards with a seven mag. I mean, that thing's coming out 3,000 feet per second. It just zipped yeah. right through him, never mushroomed. But uh, I just, like, when I started shooting the Mega Meats was I wanted that if I can get through the first set of ribs, I wanted as much damage as possible. Mm-hmm. And I wanted the best blood trail I could get. Yeah. And there's bigger broadheads out there, but I just it's just something about that design and that steel ferrule. Well, you don't want to get too big because then you're not going to get through. Because if you go too heavy of an arrow, because I got to get heavier to push it through, well, then you're losing so much energy, you're still not pushing it through because you got way too much on it. So you got to find that happy medium when it comes to that kind of stuff. And and I feel like the only thing I do like about the Mega Meats more than the Rage was that on the quarter and shots, Rage is famous for deflecting. I've I've reflected off a hundred and sixty inch deer in Illinois one year. I mean, he looked like Smoke City. I mean, it was mule kick, everything done. I mean, the I mean, just perfect right behind the front shoulder at eighteen yards, quarter and away. And it, I mean, he was he was dead, and he wasn't. Come to find out, it, it just it deflected. The deer was back on camera a week later, and 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 lived, survived, and uh. So that's one thing I do like about the Mega Meat more than the Rage is that they will, they'll handle up on that quarter and away shot a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the Rage has that. It's a little yeah. bitty tip, man. That thing is like yeah. is short, and if you're gonna shoot a broadhead that's a mechanical, I recommend something with a little bit bigger point. Or like the Mega Meat gets away with it because it's exposed yeah. blades. You know what I mean? So like that's the Swagger. The point on that thing is so long that 
when it hits, like the tip of that broadhead is already a half an inch inside the animal before the blades ever start to open. You know what I'm saying? So you're not going to get deflections as bad, but like that style of broadhead is what you would with like a rage hypodermic or something that has a really, really short tip and is rear deploy. Yep. So it's just, Just, and at some point, everything's going to fail at (laughs) some point. You shoot enough animals, a mega meat's gonna fail, a schwacker's gonna fail, your arrow's gonna fail, your bow's gonna fail. It, it's just the the law of averages. So, like you say though, you just gotta find something that you're confident in and just keep using it for as long as it works and until yep. or until you don't have confidence in it. You know. Right. Yep. But so other than that, do you have any plans for this coming year? Any out of state plans already? Um talked to jeremy about maybe going back to kentucky uh so i'm thinking we're gonna do that might go to a different area because i heard ehd hit pretty hard where we was at already i think that's why we wasn't uh seeing a whole lot but yeah going to kentucky going to missouri again we already booked our place um same the same thing i always do kentucky missouri and then back to public land around the house and try to get three more so and then I think in a couple of years I'm put in for Iowa. I got I'll be able to have uh, five points. I'm gonna oh. try to go to Iowa. Yeah. Dang, you have five points. I got no. I got uh three right now. So next year I have four. This year I have four, and then following year I have five. So I'm thinking a couple more years I'm uh instead of going to Missouri, yeah, I, put all my chips in Iowa. I've heard uh I've heard a lot of people say recently that the draw odds for Iowa is getting a little bit harder to get. They're saying that some people, even with five points, that yep, you may not heard, get drawn. I heard the same thing, yep. So they say that it's almost better to wait until you have six points because yep. like you're you're way, way more more likely to get drawn with six than you are five for whatever right. whatever right. reason. They're trying to they're trying everything they can to to give out less tags to out. They out-of-state, say I was pretty aggravating because yeah. they like all the rest of the states, you have some locals to hunt, but they say every local hunts up there and it's yeah, I think yeah, there's a lot of people that that move to Iowa just to hunt. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, almost all of them. Yeah. Everyone, <laughs> really. If you if you like to deer hunt, most people move to Iowa. I'm going yep. to Canada. <laughs> it's too cold. Mm-hmm. I would like to get a trip together, uh, though. Like Chase had just sent in the in the chat. I would like to get, you know, a couple people and get a, a good deer camp together. Mm-hmm. And whether it's you, Cody, uh, like, you know, come along with us. We may plan to go somewhere that's over the counter, just yeah. a little spur of the moment thing and hunt some form of the rut. And uh, yep. yeah, I, I think, think it'd be cool. Yeah. Just, I need to, I just need a heads up now because I got some kids now. Mm-hmm. So you know, back then I could just kind of jump on a gun. Yeah. Oh, no, it's definitely, it definitely yeah. would have to be planned. Even for me, Rudy's work schedule, like it's, it, it will have to be planned. It ain't going to be just a, hey, let's yeah. leave next weekend. Yeah. I'm oh, yeah. Try something new, though. I meant spur of the moment, like as to where we're going and all that. I didn't mean like, right. We'll just, We'll just block out some days and then we'll yeah. just get together and try to figure out where, where we want to go. But like, I don't know if we're going back to Illinois this year, if depending on uh, their lease situation, because yeah. mm-hmm. uh, my brother and his buddy, they had a place leased and then they ended up losing it this year. So if they don't go back, then there's really no reason for me to go to Illinois. I would, I would rather uh, 
go somewhere else and you know try my hand in some different terrain and stuff. Y'all would yeah. like that place. But we that's know kind it. of yeah. I want to go over there, man. It's a lot of land and the pressure's low because uh, there. I listened to another podcast that's out of that area. Uh, kind of where y'all go, Chase. I think he hunts Probably the same so. place. But um, he was talking about that the that the pressure is mm-hmm. usually pretty low because it's it's so hilly and some of that is just hell holes right here. But <laughs> yeah, but uh, it'd be fun, man. I I still think this year I think I may try to go and hit some public like this. Maybe not this coming weekend, but maybe next uh, the following weekend. Uh, just try to go for like two days and see what I can do. Yeah. I think more, Ar- more so a scouting mission, but yeah, I think uh, Arkansas would be good. I want to try yeah. that. Yeah, I like that area. I just like that that landscape, the Delta over there, the Arkansas mm-hmm. Delta. I think uh, I think you can kill a giant. I seen some giants come out of there. Thank you. We've already talked about it, and actually, me and Colt talked about it today about possibly getting a Mississippi license for next year. Yeah, and uh, you know. Because it's it's really accessible for us. I mean, you drive three or four hours. Mm-hmm. I mean, you talking about drive up there? You can leave at two a.m. Drive up there for four hours and be there before daylight. You know? Yep. Yep. Yeah. It's uh, it's about as far as I want to go for a place that I want to yeah. buy. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's good. Well, look. If there's uh, if there's one thing that you could leave the listeners with, Cody, what would it be? Um, if you want to kill deer, man, and you want to be successful, if that's what you're looking to do, you got to be, you got to grind it. You got to, you, you can't be lazy. Um, I've met several people that they want to kill them and they, they talk about wanting to do it, want to do it, but they don't put in the time. They don't put in the, they just, they not saying they're lazy. They're just not as <clears throat> dedicated they don't they don't try they don't try enough they don't try hard they don't really push and push and push and and do the put your time in and do the walking and do the scouting so i mean if you want to just kill a deer a year or just enjoy being at the camp and drinking with the buddies and cooking and hanging out then that's that's fine man i mean there's some people that just love to do that but when i go to my camp everybody can tell you that, that hunts with me i don't go and hang out when i get back for long you know i might go eat and say hey to a few people but i go straight to bed because i know i'm gonna have a long day the next day you know i so if you want to kill deer successfully every year and just really start being successful you just got to put in the work it just don't come it don't come consistently every year you know you just gotta keep grinding and keep learning and ask questions and and take failures and just learn from them. I mean, yep, it don't come easy. I, th- I think people don't try because they're afraid to fail. Oh, yeah. Yep. I, I really think that's what it is. And I think people are, they're ruining any chance they have at success before they even start. Yep. And they make excuses for themselves, man. They, a lot of people I know, they man. start making excuses and I'm like, Hey man, it's no one making excuses. Just turn around and make it a positive. Yeah. You know, you messed well, up. Well, that's why you, there, there's that's people like that Mr. Dan said. He said it best: to be great at something, you gotta be good, and to be good, 
you gotta be bad, and to be bad, you gotta start. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that yeah. is no truer words have ever been spoken, yeah. son. That is a fact. And well, like Dan says too, you know, best home run hitters in history, they're Sorry. batting yeah, in the three hundreds. They fail seventy percent of the time, and they're the best. Yeah, I mean, you look at your years of hunting. Just say you make a hundred sits in a given season, and you kill what mm-hmm. three or four deer. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're, you're about four percent success, five percent so success. So y'all mean to tell right. me I'm still in I the mean, great category? <laughs> heck yeah, dude! Shoot, yeah. we all are really. And and if you look, if people want to kill good deer, they got to be where the good that's deer. That's that's a fact. <clears throat> not gonna kill, you're not gonna kill deer like I'm and killing on the around. Beach. Livingston Parish or, uh, on the Mississippi coast every year. I mean, you might kill one here and there yeah. like that, but I mean, if you want yeah. to kill a deer, you got to be where they at, the big ones, you know? Uh, that's, that's true too. You you have to, it has to be relative to wherever you're hunting. Like for, for us, for instance, you know, the two deer I killed, one's 105 inch inches, one's 90 inches, both yep. really good deer, yep. but for where we're hunting. In right. Illinois, those are dinks. That's a two-year-old deer or a year-old deer in some cases in Illinois. Right. You know, it, it's all relative. So, like you say, you, you're you not going to kill a 150 if 150s don't exist in that place. Right. You're just not. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, social media and stuff like that is is sort of misleading people in in a way. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of taking the fun out of it. Like, yep. they, they feel inferior. So, actually, Chase, before we go, we were just talking about this. So one of the deer Chase killed, illegal buck. My man needed some meat. Mm -hmm. It was the first one he seen. Shot him one. It was a spike. Yeah. You know the first thing he texted me, Cody? What was that? It's not my biggest deer. He's not a giant, but, dude, I hate that more than Mm -hmm. anything in the world. Like, the second Chase told me that, it hurt my feelings. Like, it, it, it really did. And yep. I, I hate, I really hate that that's where we are as a as a yeah. community and as a society, dude. It's sad. It really right. is. It is. Yeah. And the first thing I told him, I said, I don't care how big he is. Yeah. Congratulations, dude. Yeah. If you, hey, if that's what you was out, set out to do, and hey, you accomplished it. You yep. did it. Ain't nothing. I mean, yeah, I got people that do that, man. Oh, yeah, I killed one, but he ain't as big as the ones you killed, and. I'm like, yeah, but dude, you dude, hunting, that- <laughs> you hunting over here in the ponds by the house. I mean, that's a good deer over there. I mean, you did just what I did, right? Yeah, or better. You know, just, just because I killed a bigger deer, don't mean I know what I'm. You know, you don't know what you're doing. You went out there and killed yeah, a good that, deer for that. That doesn't area. make me over you. Or, yeah. No, if you went out there and killed a spike, I mean, hell, you went out there and killed a spike. You yep. did it. I mean, for sure. Yeah, know. it's just I don't know, dude. It, it, we're in such a weird place and that's sort of why I wanted to to do the podcast and stuff anyways, just to kind of push back against that narrative. Like I'm not going to apologize for anything I kill. Yeah. Not if look. I put my finger on the trigger, I don't give a damn who gets offended. I don't care who has to say what about it. Yep. I don't care. Yep. I, I man, don't. I posted uh, yesterday, them three bucks I killed this year on Mississippi uh, whitetail page. And I just put on there, look, I had a good year. It's been a blessed year. On public land, da da da, <laughs> and man, I I knew somebody's gonna say something. Yep, I and guarantee you, somebody he'd have somebody, been stood next year. Oh, somebody said that's that's a bunch of look at them two year olds. 
And I'm like, a two year old, my ass. I'm like, all right, I really don't care what you got to say, but it just, it does bother me a little bit that somebody would just go out of their way and try to. It happens every time somebody posts something on Man, Facebook. Man, and that, that is exactly 100% why I started last year is when I really got enough of it. So for as of last year until the end of my time, nothing I kill will ever hit a social media platform ever again. Yeah, I would. I want yeah. to. Like, I would like love for my buddies that I don't get to see or talk to a bunch or whatever to be able to kind of mm-hmm. keep up with my season and see what I'm doing but man I don't I, I got a bad temper and when it comes to people yeah. like that I, yeah. I can't take that stupidity like that and I just so I just I made it a point that anything I kill like I said I, I, I've killed a couple of things last year that nobody know about mm-hmm. on the social media now my close friends they'll get pictures and stuff like that but come to that social media platform there's yeah. way too many uh, I don't know what you'd call uh hunting cairns out there and i i can't (laughs) deal with that so i just i quit putting stuff like that on social media yep yeah it's ridiculous yeah i'm kind of the opposite man that makes me want to put everything i kill (laughs) yeah but you can control how much they weigh i can't i'll be done and and how old they are i'll be trying to get the address (laughs) or something to meet up or something i can't i can't do that (laughs) Yeah. But it's it's a fine line, man. Like us, you know, we're we're in it for, I don't, I mean, I don't want to say the right reasons, but and again, to each their own. If you're trophy hunting, that's your business, and if you're meat hunting, that's also your business. Right. At the same time, man, there is 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 two separate. My thing is, any you know, oh, you should have gave him another another year. Like what, dude? Are yeah. you what? <laughs> My thing is, any deer is a trophy. The way I was brought up like i mean you kill a deer that's a you you accomplished it you you killed what you were after dude i i missed a spike in some public land by the house in louisiana three weeks ago and he had you pumped up though. and i was shook up bro and i was so <laughs> mad I missed this buck it was just a little spike but dude i was so shook up and mad that i missed this deer <laughs> and I'm out there. I'm gonna shoot a legal buck. I'm not out there to kill. Now, don't get me wrong. I want to kill a big sucker, you know. Well, but if you're hunting a I place mean, like you do, and all in those areas where there are big bucks, it's a lot easier to discipline yourself or yeah. to to let those smaller deer go because you know the odds of seeing a bigger deer is in your favor. But right, and the restrictions are a whole lot different right. out there. I mean, you can't shoot nice rack buck this has to be a, a, a real nice buck to to shoot so i mean i'm not shooting big deer just because i want to shoot big deer and i'm letting little ones go you have to. i mean like i said if he's leaving i'm shooting so yeah. with that being said cody are you shooting a spike in missouri hmm if it's the last day i will i've done it well, what about but it's not if if you want uh, first day <laughs> First, first day, day he walks he walks out day, ten yards. First day no and it's a spike. I, first day no because I know what's there. I know where the opportunities exactly. are. Exactly. Uh, not because I'm like I said, my standards are dropping each day, right? I mean <laughs> <laughs> I'm not out to prove anything to anybody. I'm just I just want to fill my tags, but I just know the opportunities there to kill a good deer 
So the first few days, that's what I'm trying to do, you know. And then, like I said, the last two or three days, and my little stands just start dropping. And I'm not ashamed of it. I don't care. I spent. Yeah, but that's kind of that's kind of the point that we're. That's kind of the point that we're all making, though, is that you know, a spike walks out public land, Louisiana. Pretty good chance he's getting shot at. Oh, you gonna get shot at? If a spike walks out in Il- a public land, Illinois. I'm not yeah. gonna shoot that. No, no. You know, um, but th- that's me. Yeah. It's legal. Yeah, it's legal. It definitely. Legal. In, in Illinois, if he's less than three inches, you can put a doe tag on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, that's if I the law. Shoot, if I shoot a spike the first day, then I'm be sitting at the camp the rest of the week, twitting my. Face. Now, if I'm if I'm at a two buck state, then mm, that spike may get shot. <laughs> and that, that's yeah. another good point too. <laughs> Don't get shot. That, bro. <laughs> that's a that makes a real argument for those one buck states. Yeah, definitely. Because I mean, you have to be selective if you you know if you want to kill a good buck, you can't shoot that one. That's yep. the only one you get. I mean, like if I go to Iowa, I've been waiting on a tag for Iowa for six seven years. I'm not going to shoot a spike. But it's well, just you're not a real hunter, Cody. Uh, yeah, you ain't nothing. If a real hunter would shoot that spike. Hunter. That's all you are. <laughs> yep. Trophy Hunter. <laughs> I'm about to change it. You see how dumb I'm about that to change sounds? Your name in my phone. Trophy Hunter Cody. <laughs> yeah. But do you see how yeah. dumb that sounds it's when you stupid. say it out loud? Yeah. Anyway. Well, I'm glad you came on, Cody. Uh we we had plans to get you back on, but uh I mean, I don't know. This has been a stellar season for you. Yeah, man. It's been a great well, I mean, when's the last time you have you tagged out like this in, in Louisiana and Mississippi before? Uh, so I don't really hunt Louisiana, but uh, I tagged out Mississippi. The last six years I've been hunting, probably at least four out of the six. <laughs> uh, and the other, the other years I either missed buck or couldn't find them to you know to fill fill out my tags. But yeah, dude, I I mean I got it figured out pretty good. I'm not gonna lie to you. I I, I feel very confident in tagging out every year if I get the time to go. Right. You know? Yep. Heck yeah. Well, I want to thank you for doing this, Cody. And uh, if you do get a chance to get back out in Louisiana before the season closes, I wish you luck. Yeah, man. And uh, just keep in touch with us. I'm sure we'll be sharing some uh, some tips and stuff along the way. Yep. Yeah, I appreciate y'all uh, letting me get on here, man. I, I enjoy it. I enjoy talking to y'all.